Welcome to Experience Points. I'm Brandon. And I'm Lance. This week, the United States is split into separate camps. It's a vicious political climate, and there's a fair bit of uncertainty as we record this episode. In an effort to stay sane during this election and to avoid alienating any of our dedicated audience, I thought it would be a good idea to talk about something totally unrelated to politics in any way. Streaming services. Um, so Lance, uh, what is a streaming service for those of us who have been living under a rock for 20 years? Wow. Way to go immediately political on it. I know. Um, a streaming service is a service that streams. Oh, so like babbling brooks and, uh, waterfalls and stuff, or. I like how your first example is babbling brooks that's your uh-huh. first example of water moving well i like alliteration that's mm-hmm. it's the most illiterate thing mm-hmm. alliterate not illiterate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um yeah streaming services are just uh you know a way to view your various tv shows movies other media uh through a online platform where instead of downloading the shows you stream it directly from their servers so in preparation for this episode, I started doing a little bit of research, obviously not too much because we don't research things here. That's you smart. know that. Uh-huh. Um, so I couldn't get any specific numbers, but there are at least 200 and probably well over that uh, streaming services that are available to consumers in the United States. Are you um, talking about like TV and movie streaming services? Yes. Okay. And that blows me away. But then I started thinking about it, and I could name probably 15 or 20 just off the top of my head. Okay, um, go. No. Well, I... I oh, you weren't ready for it. Okay. No, no. But I will say there are a variety of them, such as things like BritBox, which only does British television shows. Yeah, that's a real product that exists. Um, obviously it, you have, oh, go ahead. Is it just the who or wait, what? Dr. Who? Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus. Well, how, wow. We just lost half of our audience because of that. <laughs> wait, is it the who something? Is that a band? It is a band. I knew it. Okay. It was something I was right about something. <laughs> and I bet the who is British as well. Hold on. I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. Well, while you're looking that up. Um, I'll go through some of the other streaming services that are out there that just blow me away. Ooh, I was right. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there are things like Crunchyroll, which are just for anime, specifically non-translated anime. You know, they do their, their, uh, subtitles, but not the English dubbed animes. Um, and then, there are things like Funimation, which only streams Funimation's anime. Um, there are TV replacement apps such as YouTube TV and uh, Sling TV, which is still somehow relevant. Um, and the list goes on and on and on. Even individual networks are starting to get their own, such as uh, NBC's Peacock or CBS All Access. Uh, it's just so many. Um, and so you know, I thought we could sort of tear apart 
what's a good streaming service versus a bad streaming service and how we would assign value, I guess. So what would you, what in your opinion makes a streaming service valuable? Um, I think it's mainly content for pretty much everyone involved, right? Um, I think content's probably the number one, if not number one, top three for most people. Um, you know, a lot of complaints people have about Netflix these days is the content library, and that's why they unsubscribe to Netflix and go to another streaming service, because they either feel like Netflix isn't coming out with enough uh, originals or they're not able to acquire enough uh, new IP or anything like that. Um, which makes sense because no one wants to sell their IP to Netflix anymore because, well, they want to have their own, right? They want to launch their own service or, you know, put it on their own platform. Exactly. I um, mean, look at look at what uh, Disney has done. I think they're a yeah. good example of this. Sure. Um, we'll come back to Disney, but continue, please. <laughs> um, I think another part that I think people... I certainly feel insulted by it is if I pay for a streaming service and I still have commercials. Um, that's, that's always a, a difficult thing for me to swallow. Like if I know ahead of time that I'm going to be paying for something and it just means less commercials or something like that, I just am not, I'm not going to do it. You know, I, I, I'm not on board with that. Um, and so I think like, those. Just to give some examples of uh, Hulu does that yeah. uh, and uh, YouTube TV does that as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I think those are the biggest ones. I mean, obviously cost has a, a point in it and uh, a play in it. And, and these major streaming companies, you know, they have entire uh, teams and divisions where they're trying to figure out the best price point where, because every time you raise it, you know, more people are going to subscribe, but you know, they have to outweigh that and say, well, if enough people stay subscribed, are we going to, you know, continue to be able to continue to increase profit? Um, so obviously price plays a point a point in it, uh, but it's uh, for me it's not as big. Just mainly because I feel like streaming services really aren't that expensive currently. That may change in the future. Who knows? So uh, just to touch on the price points, you know, uh, the average cost. Uh, whenever I was doing, I did too much research. I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> We're going to lose subscribers from that, but. Uh, <laughs> I know um, I wouldn't be listening after her hearing you did research. So I know, I know. So the average cost per service that a typical American pays is anywhere from eight to nine dollars per streaming service. Um, also, a fun fact is that most American households have pay for three point four uh, streaming services per household. Um, yeah, unlike an average, and that makes sense. I mean, you know. <laughs> I'm curious what that poll would have looked like, you know, back in 2010 um, and to see how many people had streaming services or, you know, we'll say the only, I mean, there were other streaming services, but, you know, the king was Netflix back then. Um, and, you know, they, they had a good price point and they had a lot of content. And I think they really ushered in the era of streaming services because that's when everyone, when, you know, wanted to switch over Um but I mean, now any you know now it just feels like it's so hard to choose, right? It's so hard to pick a streaming platform, and I think that's why you see so many people have three or four or five because they hear about these great shows that they want to watch, but oh, it's The Mandalorian, so I have to have Disney Plus, <laughs> or 
you know, it's it's a new episode of Black Mirror, a new season of Black Mirror, so I have to have Netflix or you know, a lot of the TV shows are bought out by Hulu. So it's it's just a, you know, never-ending cycle. Well, you know, and what really prompted me to to do this episode was uh, I was looking over my bank statement and I saw that I had a $20 charge from Hulu. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't even use Hulu. What <laughs> happened? Um, I had apparently signed up whenever they were doing the HBO Max uh, ah. rollout. And so I had the $5.99 for Hulu's like ad supported content, which we just raged about. <laughs> and, and then I was paying $14.99 for HBO Max and I don't watch anything on HBO Max. Um, and so you know, I started counting the services that I pay for and I pay for Netflix. I was paying for Hulu. Um, I did previously have a, a Crunchyroll subscription. Um, there were... Uh, I pay for Amazon Prime, which has its own uh, streaming platform. That's how we watched The Boys. Um, and, you know, I, I'm getting up there and I'm like, whoa, I'm paying for like six or seven different like platforms that I use maybe three times a month, um, you know, each. So uh, it was just it blew me away. And it's so frustrating because if I do the math, I'm paying almost the same amount that I would if I had like a cable platform. And that, I think that's what frustrates me the most. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the, the good side of it being streaming, you know, cost wise, you're right. I mean, at this point it kind of feels like the streaming services are basically cable again. Right. I mean, you have to buy these different packages as they'd be called with cable. And instead of packages, you're buying these different streaming services based on what kind of shows you want. And just like packages back then with cable, you got a bunch of bullshit content that you didn't want. You know, whenever <laughs> you get Disney plus, you know, you may want a couple of shows, but you're, you don't care about everything. You know, you only care about a couple of the shows, but you can't just buy, you know, a fraction of the price and just get those shows. You have to, you know, subscribe to the whole service. Exactly. And we've mentioned Disney plus a few times now. And so I think, you know, where I'm going with this, you have to know where I'm going with this. Um, you know, I'm paying six or $7 a month for Disney plus. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they release a, a movie called Mulan. <laughs> um, and they charge $30 to rent that movie, not buy it, rent it. Then, then you can watch that movie on top of your monthly subscription. Um, that is worrying me because if that's the route that these uh, streaming platforms are going to start going, that is a big red flag in my opinion, um, especially whenever we have other services like Netflix who already produce their own content that's specific for that streaming platform and most of those movies are grade A. I got to say it. Movies like Six Underground, which are 100% produced and funded by Netflix. That's a great movie. Fun all the way around. Um, and if they had tried to charge me $30 to watch that, I would have spat in their face. You know, so I think that is a, a, a worrying sign of what may be to come. I don't know. What are your, I guess, I, what are your thoughts there? I mean, um, it's it's the same with anything, right? Um, 
companies are always going to try to see how much they can get away with and how much money they can, you know, you know, generate. I mean, just like that $30 price point, you know, they probably spent months going back and forth and had different test groups to see, you know, would you pay X amount of dollars to watch this movie? And would you pay this amount? And, you know, $30 is what they settled on. And it, it really comes down to how well did it sell? Right. I mean, if it sold well and they definitely made a lot of revenue um, there, you know, it doesn't matter. If people are pissed off about it. They're going to continue to do it because if people are going to continue paying, but just complain, then they're going to continue doing it. Um, and that's why I, I, on principle, I refuse to do anything like that. If I pay for streaming services, I, if I pay for a streaming service, I don't want it to have ads. So I'll, I'll never pay for Hulu unless they have a completely ad free version and i'm never going to pay for additional content just because it's a principal thing you know like i said if if we as consumers show them that they can continue to do it then they will continue to do it not because they need to i guarantee they didn't need to sell that at 30 dollars. they would have been <laughs> fine with just you know the normal subscription fee because they can make extra money and so they're going to do whatever they can to increase their bottom line you know yeah yeah i agree i mean clearly they probably made a profit even with the the decreased ticket sales and all of that um what i think is funny and i think the reason that they might be doing that is because you can sort of share an account um and get access to that so they had to have it at 30 dollars to be like sort of cost prohibitive for some people to share their account so to speak you know what i mean um and i i I don't know. It seems shady, but it's also shady that people are sharing their accounts. Well, I mean, they could, they could definitely fix the account sharing thing. I think that since Netflix early on didn't really enforce the account sharing much, that it's just kind of been an accepted thing. And they, they don't really, you know, they obviously don't endorse it, but they're also, they don't also don't do any measures to shut it down. I mean, they could do, you know, IP tracking, you know, if two, two people are signed into two separate IPs, then, you know, it, it shuts down the account or something like that. Or, you know, they could do a lot of things to, to make sure that people are, it's harder to share the account. I mean, you would really never be able to completely lock it down, but you could definitely make it harder and, and make it discouraging for people to do that so that they have to buy their own account. But I think it's, it, it may be something in the future that, that these streaming services do. But for now, I think that they just kind of accept that you know, sometimes their accounts are shared and so, often more times than not really. <laughs> so I will say, I don't, I don't have a source for this. So, you know, grain of salt all around, please. But um, I do remember at least a few years ago, reading an article where the, the uh, CEO or president of Netflix came out and said, basically, yeah, we know you're sharing. We actually are kind of okay with it because Somehow they say that that gets them more subscribers down the line. You know, it's like eventually, you know, they'll buy their own account. That's what they think happens. We know that's not what happens. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I'm going to say it right now. My sister bums off of my account all the time. Okay. Uh, it's been happening for years. I don't see that changing anytime soon. So um, the only time she'll get her own account is whenever I finally stop like having Netflix and that day may come sooner rather than later. Um, just because I am tired. I am just, I am so tired 
of having all of these different places that I'm getting media from. You know, I, I may even be okay with paying a premium at this point to be on one platform where I get all of my content in one place. <laughs> huh, I, I wonder if so they frustrated. have a service like that, maybe cable television. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the opposite of cutting the cord or whatever. <laughs> um, I just, or cutting the cable rather Ugh, cutting the cord. That's something completely different. Um, but no, I, I just, um, I, I, I am tired of it and I don't necessarily want to go back to cable because again, that's ad supported on top of paying a premium to have that content, right? Mm-hmm. It's like what you were talking about earlier. I am fully on board with that. Um, I don't know. There's just gotta be some sort of middle ground where we can have our cake and eat it too. And I'll be damned if I'm not going to have that cake. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? You know, like people switch to Netflix so that they didn't have to pay for commercials and that they could get the content they wanted on demand. And it was all in one place and everything was great. And then of course split and we have all these streaming services now. Um, and it's, you know, it's curious. I don't think it will ever go back to a single platform again. You know, I don't think there will ever be like a, you know, a cable TV for streaming or anything like that. But I do think some companies in the future will see that it's beneficial to consolidate. Like right now, I think we're in the early stages where companies think that it's best to be completely separate. But as we get more and more streaming services and everyone's splitting out, I think they're going to start seeing okay, maybe we reel it back a bit. We combine some of these services together so that it's beneficial for the consumer because, you know, they'll see that, you know, for example, like uh, Amazon Prime and Hulu merge um, and they see basically double the content. And so they're much more likely to get subscribers from that at that point, you know? Well, you know, and I think there's one thing that that all of this hinges on and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, dumb idiots like me who forget that they're paying for things and just keep giving these people money. (laughs) No, that's, that's, I mean, that's definitely a huge part of it, right? I mean, with any free trial, seven days, the reason why they're giving you a seven day free trial, if they don't require a credit card, then obviously that's a, it's as a moot point, but if they require a credit card, it's because they want you to forget and then charge you and then they've gotten their money's worth, you know? So that's people they companies love it when you forget when you subscribe and forget what you're paying for and then you just let it keep billing you know and i think i'm going to plug something that you've told me about before and that other people uh, outside of this podcast have told me before um and if privacy.com wants to give me a paycheck after this i'm totally okay (laughs) with that um but yeah privacy.com you can create like a little friggin little little uh Netflix card, right? And you just charge your Netflix to it. And if you decide you don't want it anymore, you don't have to go to the website for Netflix and jump through all their hoops. You just cancel that card, you know? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's currently the service is great. Privacy.com is great because it's, you know, it's all free and everything. Man, I really I really feel like it sounds like an ad read right now. But uh, <laughs> no, it, it's great. Um, as far as the security of it, so far as I can tell, it seems pretty secure. Obviously, whenever you're adding your 
uh, bank account information and stuff to it, then um, it can be a little bit concerning. But it seems secure to me. I've never had any uh, personal information breaches in the two to three years I've been using it. So seems pretty good. But yeah, exactly what Brandon says. You know, it's super easy to sign up for these services. You know, they make it as easy as possible. And then it's it's always a bitch to you know unsubscribe you have to call someone or you have to email in or you have to give 15 reasons why you're unsubscribing and it's like what why was why is this so difficult and obviously the reason why is because they they want you to see oh i have to call this number and i'll do that later and then you get charged another month and you're like eh, i'll do that later so mm -hmm. obviously there's a reason it's just it's infuriating yeah yeah um so you know i don't i don't want to drop the whole topic just yet I've got one more question for you. Okay. okay. Um, so we've talked about video streaming platforms, right? That's what this whole thing's been about. Mm -hmm. There's video game streaming platforms <laughs> that are really starting to edge into the market. Are they uh, though? I mean, Stadia has promise. Shadow play. Uh, isn't that what that other one's called? Yeah. There's another one that's out there. Yeah. Uh, sure Shadow play. You know, if they have more data centers, do you think that's something that might become popular? Um, I think a problem that they're going to run into right now, um, I, personally, I don't think Stadia is going to get off the ground. And it's, it's mainly because the climate for gaming is different than the climate for uh, movies and TV shows. So the climate for gaming is... You know, you, you either go on uh, Steam or their new competitor, I say new, it's, it's been probably two or three years now, uh, Epic, um, and you, uh, you know, purchase your game and you download it and there's usually sales and stuff like that. But the problem with Stadia is that you have a whole different system, essentially, that you have to rebuy your game on. <laughs> um, and it only works in that platform. I mean, the good thing with Steam and Epic is even though you're downloading it through their clients, you can still run it locally. Um, there's no risk. I mean, even if they shut down your, your account, you still own those games. You still have those games. You can still play those games locally. Um, but with Stadia, that's, that's not the case. You know, you're, you're essentially renting more than anything the rights to the game if you ever get your account suspended, you no longer have that game. You've wasted your money. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible, you know, it's yeah. been essentially for the consumer. And that's, that's just the game buying portion. I mean, the, then you have to factor in, it's not the same as, you know, TV and movies where, Hey, my, my Netflix stream is lagging a bit. Oh, well, I'll just pause it for a bit and it will catch up. You can't do that with gaming. So <laughs> that's true. Um, and I think they had a little bit of like this weird scandal where they were talking about predictive play. So the game is basically <laughs> playing itself. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was strange. I didn't really keep up with it, but look it up. It was predictive play. It's the, an AI was guessing what your next move might be to try to make the game play smoother. They um, advertised negative latency. Yes. Yes, they did. They did negative advertise that. Latency. That was hilarious. <laughs> it's so fast. It's going backwards in time. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to drop all of this streaming platform shenanigans. Okay. Um, just, you know, watch your wallets, guys. You know, be careful who you're giving your money to out there. 
Um, Lance, what are you checking out this week? World of Warcraft. Wait, is it 2006 again? No, it's 2020. How do you not know what year it is? I, well, I'm wishing we were 14 oh. years in the past. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so WoW has a new expansion coming out, uh, Shadowlands, at the end of this month, uh, November 23rd, I believe. Um, and so they have a bunch of content out right now before the new expansion comes out. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of mixed feelings with WoW. Um, you know, it's it's funny that we're discussing the streaming services because, you know, subscriptions are a big negative of these streaming services. And wow, since 2004 has always run on a $15 a month subscription service that, you know, in relation to what other games provide, I don't think $15 a month is justified. Clearly, I think it's, you know, viable uh, since I pay it. And that's what I prefer. And I, I, I think it's, you know, beneficial for me. And obviously there's enough people that do play it and, you know, they're never going to drop it now that they implemented it. But if a new game launched in this day and age with a $15 a month subscription fee, which there have been some recently, it's they just don't live. You know, it's it's not a possibility anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm a big MMO fan. I love jumping into those and sort of getting lost in the world. Um, and I even have a hard time swallowing <laughs> those those uh, subscription fees. So, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of their a lot of their user base are players who have played over the last, you know, 16 years. And then either they drag friends in with them or, you know, children. I mean, it's, it's been 16 years, so definitely enough time for people to have children or, you know, other people. I, I think for new people coming in, they've they've made it a lot more streamlined and a lot easier you know, similar to other MMOs and then it's easy to kind of jump in and level up and everything. But yeah, that, that $15 a month after paying for the game, I think it, it's, it's, it's hard for a lot of people to justify, you know, it's, it's hard to, to, to swallow that pill. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was right there with you. I, you know, uh, so you and I jumped into uh, the game together, sort of played through the first 15, 20 levels, but um, I'm, I, I couldn't justify the cost per month, especially with yeah. also having to buy the expansion packs that are coming out like, you know, every few ish months at this point, every year or so. Um, uh, every two years, two or three years. Okay. Well, it feels like <laughs> it was just yesterday that the other battle for Azeroth came out or something. Uh, uh 20. Yeah. It was 2018 or something like that. But okay. I mean, yeah, it's, it's $40 a pop for the lowest uh, cost for the latest expansion uh at least it's not like the old days which isn't saying much where you had to buy all the previous expansions too and level up through all of the previous expansions that was that was a real shit show yeah well lance uh what i'm checking out what are you week, checking out brandon thank you so much for asking because i thought you were going to be a jerk there for a second um uh wizards with guns on youtube um, they are a sketch comedy group. Um, they got their name from one of their first sketches, which involved a wizard w with a gun. Um, oh. that was their, his, his only spell that he knew was how to cast gun. <laughs> um, 
it's just a really good sketch comedy troupe. Um, they upload just about every week. They honestly don't even have that many subscribers. So awesome dedication for them to like come out every week and just nail it with every joke. I am laughing like my ass off every time they come on. Um, and I think they're, they're just great actors, great writers all the way around wizards with guns. Please, please, please check them out. So are they just a YouTube channel or is this uh, part of the premium content from YouTube TV? No, they're a, they're a YouTube channel. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, they have, so it's almost exclusively sketch comedy. Um, but the production quality is really, I think pretty high, um, especially for being like probably three or four guys really putting it all together. Um, and uh, well, they have a lot of D&D jokes as well that, I mean, it's just pretty great. Um, I think my favorite uh, uh, little video they do is a, um, a joke about the these uh, people that are trying to do an infomercial for a bomb that they're trying to get rid of out of their house. Um, it's, it's great. It's great. Um, so yeah, check them out. I'll leave the link down in the description of this video. Oh, cool. um, yeah, sounds great. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. I like sketch comedy. It's pretty, pretty funny, man. Not even joking. Um, so um, guys, that I think that's it for this episode. Um, I know this was a little bit shorter of an episode this week. I think that we all just needed some levity and some relaxation this week, especially with everything that's going on. So if you liked what you heard today, um, they should probably leave a like a review somewhere, right? Mm, I mean, if you want to. Mainly yeah. if it's bad. Oh, oh wait. Are wait. you not supposed to say that? I don't think you're supposed no. to. No. No, we want five-star reviews, not one-stars. Um, That's fair. Yeah. Um, you could do that probably on, like, Apple Podcasts or, like, wherever you're listening to us, if they support that. I think um, most podcasts support some kind of rating system. Actually, so I use Podcast Addict, and I don't know if they have a rating system now they think about That's it. why I said what I said. <laughs> uh, Spotify doesn't. <laughs> so maybe just venture on over to Apple Podcasts and just leave us the review there. We know that ex- accepts it. Um <laughs> Uh, that does get us up in the ratings, though, and people will be able to find our podcast easier. Um, and uh, yeah, check us out, I guess, on social media. If you find me, shoot me a message and I'll, I don't know, say hi or something. I'll give you a shout out. Um, but I, I think that's really about it. Pretty pretty quick uh, outro this time. I don't know if you saw that. We were at like two-ish minutes. I'm pretty proud of us this time. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We we stumbled so hard. Um, forgot what platforms we're on. It's just a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we should probably let people get back to their daily lives. That's fair. I'm going to go watch the election, I guess. Oh, um, I'll pray for you. <laughs> 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 All right. Bye, Lance. Later.